Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. We get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. gentlemen to another episode of riding on the wall podcast i go by the name of chris frizzell aka dj frizzo we got a blue here of course and we got a special guest with us today everyone make some noise for dj pun also known as joseph blazer how you doing joseph i'm doing good how are you guys doing doing good doing good doing all right good good all right so thank you for being on the show first of all and shout out to all the viewers out there mescalero everybody going live right now um so we just wanted to get started first off talk a little bit about your background who are your parents and okay uh well my dad is uh, arthur blazer uh he was our former president here for the tribe uh, my mom is uh, teresa uh, harrison um, she's from tularosa uh, she's a benavides uh, from tularosa um, i got two sisters uh hope and jolyn and i got numerous nieces nephews you know Big family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you grew up here in Mescalero your whole life? Yeah, or? grew up yeah. here in Mescalero um, most of my life. I, I live, lived at play, other places, but majority of my life was uh, was here in Mescalero. Um, grew up on Old Road. Oh. Where'd you That's... go to school? Uh, most of my schooling was uh, elementary. I went in Ridoso. Um, middle school, high school, I went in Tularosa. Nice, nice. So, um... You've been killing it lately on this DJ, going live DJ and here in Mescalero, and uh, you've been a lot of requests. Let's let's go back to the beginning. When did you start DJ and how how old? Oh man, um, shoot! I was trying to think about that today. So, um, I would say I've been doing it as a as an occupation professionally for about ten years. Ten years. Um, I've been doing it for about fifteen. But yeah. as far as making money at it, I've been about 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I always talk about how I have a freakishly weird memory of people. And uh, I, I remember one, one night, it was actually at a 49, I saw you. And I this was when I first wanted to get into DJing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was probably about in 2008. I hadn't even bought an equipment yet or nothing like that. And I walked up to you and I asked you, hey, man, um, are you selling any DJ equipment? I was trying to get into it. And do you remember that, Eddie? Uh, I, kind of. I <laughs> yeah. think I do. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was back in 2008. I think that was like, you know, uh, a feast at Salt, not Saltwell. What's that place going down more? Uh, I don't know. Windmill? It, yeah, Windmill. Okay. You, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. But um, <laughs> so what got you started into DJing? What? Um, just one, one, one day I, I was just hanging out with uh, uh, DJ Pete uh, out of Ridoso. Um, I was just hanging out with him one day at his house and... Uh, he was in a bind, and he's like, you know what, man? He's like, I think I'm going to get out of the DJ business, and, you know, I, I, I got to move out of town, and I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to sell all my equipment, all one lump, you know, one lump sum package, you know. Yeah. And I had never really been into it, or, you know, and uh, we had messed around in his in his bedroom, you know, just with his equipment that he had set up, and he was showing me some stuff, and it just like a spark, man. Like, I just like, you know, this is what I want to do, so... 
Um, I bought all of his equipment from him. Bought, oh, yeah. I mean, lights, PA system, uh, computer, everything. Yeah. I mean, I bought everything from him. And that's where I, that's where I started and uh, just took off from there, you know. What was your first gig? It was... Uh, my first gig was actually a gig that he got for me because he, he was already booked. And he said, hey, man, you want to do a gig? And that was before I bought the equipment from him. He's like, I got a wedding uh, up at Alto, you know, <clears throat> you know, you want to do it? And he's like, I'll give you the equipment, you know, set it up, you know, I'll just take a cut. So that was my first gig, you know, it was a wedding. Um, it was nerve-wracking. It was, yeah. you know, it was scary. You know, it was an important day for the, these people and, you know, but everything went good. Everything, you know, I had, I had all the music that they wanted and everything, so. You just yeah. got right into it. And yeah. That's what they got baptized by fire. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, so from that moment on, once I did that wedding and that feeling of, you know, making this day, you know, special for these people, like it, it just, that, that was more fire, you know, just wanted me to keep going, you know, yeah. so. Do you do you yeah. do anything besides DJ? Um, yeah, I I um, I work down at uh, Four Directions. I work with the Mescalero Tribal Tobacco Cessation Prevention Program as the coordinator there, um, and then I also do um, just freelance graphic design. You know, uh, graphic work. You know, design T-shirts or stickers or posters, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. What What is your favorite part about the graphic designing? Um. I don't know. Or is, there, is there one favorite design that you made? Uh, you know what? I have a lot of them. Um, I've done probably, I want to say about 10 logos for the tribe. Oh, really? Different departments. Yeah. So all of those are really special because they're, you know, they're seen by our people and everybody around. And those I, I'm really proud of, you know, um, recently. I designed uh, a sweater for the utilities department, uh, for their department. Uh, they got some sweaters made. Uh-huh. Um, those are really awesome. Uh, but, yeah, pretty much anything that, that has to deal with our, our tribe and, and the departments and stuff, I'm really proud of doing stuff like that, you know. Uh-huh. So. How did you get over those initial nerves? You know, you said you were so, so nervous trying to get that, that wedding going. How did, um, was it nervous every time? Or how, how many uh, gigs did you have to do before it went away? Uh quite a few yeah <laughs> yeah Do you still get nervous um not not now not as not as bad um i'm more comfortable with people and and before it was you know the, the shyness of being on the microphone um talking to people but throughout the years you know like i said i've been doing it about 10 years now um i just got used to it you know it's just i'm more at ease the biggest thing that i was always afraid of when i first started out was my equipment equipment failure you know because I, di- I didn't have very good equipment so what i've learned throughout the years is um you know it just i think um with equipment wise it's just um i've learned that you buy good equipment and it'll, it, you don't have to really worry about it yeah you know um that's that's the biggest thing that i've i've done that i've learned you know <clears throat> so yeah, just just and for for me, I had to learn the hard way of going through life, and I try to take that across the board yeah. with everything I buy. I used to kind of just try to get away with whatever was cheaper, but I realized, you know, you're gonna if it breaks, you're gonna buy it again, and you're gonna yeah. buy it again. So, buying buying qualities is yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, being able to adapt is the biggest thing. You know, do you yeah. ever did you ever have any um, malfunctions when you're doing gigs? Um, 
Actually, I've I've had I've had a few. Yeah. One that you couldn't recover from? Um, no, actually, I I one one time I was DJing at a. Do you guys remember the? Um, oh gosh, the nightclub that they had down with the mescalero in. Yeah, the old old the old, yeah, yeah, old yeah. nightclub. Okay, yeah. so that's that's where I first one of my first gigs I had was there, and I had um, my computer set up. I had my system running. I was I was playing music. Thankfully, I had um, an iPod that was hooked into my mixer, and so what happened was is my computer crashed. When my computer crashed, you know, I was just like, you know, right away, I just, you know, just hit, I had uh, like some premixes on my phone, or on my, it was iPod, I didn't have a phone then, it was on my iPod, so I hit play on my iPod, you know, and it, it, it was like a 15-minute mix, so it gave me enough time to reboot my computer, get it going again, and Thankfully, I was able to recover from it. It didn't. It didn't crash permanently. So, but yeah, that was that was one of my malfunctions that I've had. Um, I've been lucky uh, recently. Within the last five six years, I, I haven't ha- I haven't had any malfunctions at a gig. So I've been very very fortunate. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's the worst feeling when you're DJing and your whole s- music just goes out and quiet, yeah. and everybody just looks at you like. <laughs> You talked a little bit about that old nightclub. How how was the scene there back in the day? Uh, it was it was good, man. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was a lot more crazy. Really, <laughs> I would say, yeah, a lot more lenient. Crazier than, than Club Forty Nine. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot more, a lot. You know, I mean, uh, the drinking laws and stuff have changed, so oh, yeah. people can't get as crazy as they used to. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, what year was that? Around what time when that was open? Oh, before me. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. God, it's been. Whew, I don't even. I can't what even... was it even called back then? The just the nightclub. Yeah, just I didn't just call it the nightclub. Yeah, yeah. I've been in there a couple of times. Is there any <laughs> crazy stories that you can t- talk about? That ha- anything that happened over there? <laughs> or any um, any fun memories? Actually, the, the only the only night that I DJ it was just for it was a private party. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't DJ there uh, on a regular basis. So oh, okay. It was just it was just a one time thing. But yeah, yeah. What well, what about um? What do you have? What's the funniest story from a gig that you've that you've done? If you could think of one. Let me think. You can alter the names of all the. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. You ever have any people coming up to you just bossing you around, just yeah, okay. on your all equipment? The, all that's the gotta time. be the worst, right? That's the worst. Yeah, people just kind of drinking a little too much, yeah, coming leaning up. on your leaning on your booth, or you know, hanging over with their drink, and you know that that's kind of scary. That's like a hazard that that you know we have to face. But um, the biggest thing uh, with me uh, is I have a, a contract that I make everybody sign, mm-hmm. and there's a clause in my contract that whoever is signing that contract that they're responsible for my equipment. Oh, so whether okay. they do it or one of their guests does it, um, if something gets damaged because of, of the guest or the, the person, you know, they have to, they have to pay for it. So, yeah. So that's, that's the biggest thing that uh, <clears throat> I have in my contract, you know, it's, you got, they're, they're liable for it. So that's, yeah. that's a good idea. Man. Yeah. That's a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, what would be some of your favorite songs to mix or to play? Um, Gosh, I, I like all kinds of music. So um, just depending on the crowd, what they want to hear, you know, I've got my favorites in every genre, you know. 
Um, I like old school hip hop. That's my genre. Yeah. My, my favorite song probably of all time is In Too Deep, Back to the Hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite <laughs> favorite songs, and I, I play that almost all the time if I can, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a 90s, 90s hip-hop person. I like, I like old-school hip-hop, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Um, but then I was raised, too, in a family um, around country music. My dad, you know, he likes a lot of country music. My mom, she likes, like, the old rock and roll and, you know, Spanish music. So um, I'm really diverse in my music. That's what I think that's what really got me into this profession is mm-hmm. just loving music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um have too many memories of you well i guess i kind of remember seeing you at quite a few dances and and Mm -hmm. events and things like that but i was just from my perspective it's kind of it's kind of weird because when i show up to an event you and chris would be there doing your thing and it just seems normal like it seemed from my from my perspective it seems like you guys really know what you guys are doing um i never saw any anything well you know, maybe you had to, you guys had it down by that time, so I, I wasn't able to see you guys kind of looking nervous or anything. But what I do have one memory of you. <laughs> I was uh, I was bartending at an event that you were you were working at, and after the dance was over, we cleaned everything up, and I was walking out, and I found your paycheck. Oh, <laughs> that's the only interaction I have with you. It was, yeah. it was on a table, and I turned it in, and um sure enough you came running back in and yeah. like, hey, did you find a paycheck yeah. so we handed it off to you well what one um i don't know i don't know if it was your graduation that i did in head springs was Maybe. it yours yeah uh, uh, no, I, I had one at the um the inn my graduation Maybe it was one of your one of your cousins or it, it was it was for uh for gabe for for Gabe Shindo's, I think his son. Or? Oh well, yeah, it's kind of like a. So he calls me his son too. Okay. So it's very confusing. Gabe's oh, okay. really my uncle. Oh, okay. So, but a lot of people think that he's my he's my dad because oh, okay. especially back in his drinking days when he'd get you know a few in, yeah. he would always say, "I have two babies and yeah. it's Harley and Blue." <laughs> but I'm not really his. Okay, his, so it was probably Harley then. Harley, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I did a, a graduation dance up there in the field below below their house there in Head Springs, and that was a pretty pretty fun time. <laughs> you have to take your generator. Yeah, you have to take a generator up there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to a couple of those. So I have to. Yeah, those, yep. are, those are pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, wow, so you you were saying that you just kind of got thrown into the whole gig of DJing. Um, Whenever you started doing it and you said that you liked it, did you know that it was going to last this long and you were going to be doing it 10 years later? No, I didn't. It's kind of just taken off with you. Yeah, um, I did it. Like I said, I started doing it. Um, it wasn't a full-time thing. I mean, I had a, had a full-time job. I worked at the In the Mountain Gods. Um, I worked at the In the Mountain Gods for about 14 years. It's not uh, full-time now, is it? No, no. I mean, well, because you do your graphic design, or well, I do, I do my my full time job is at the Four Directions, mm-hmm. but my DJ gig is is pretty much every weekend, um, with the exception of right now because we're shut down. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much a full time job as as you know as well. You know, there's a lot lot that goes into it. Um, so yeah, you know, how have you been handling this whole thing right now with this uh. Corona? madness man this 
it's really really hurt my business i mean like i said i've i've gotten all my gigs are canceled right now you know as of uh march april um and i'm even getting some cancellations for may now how many you got canceled altogether um around 10 5 probably probably around 10 right now about 10 gigs i know you're about to start the club club 49 up again on the weekend yeah i was supposed to be in club 49 two weeks ago and then this past weekend then i was was supposed to be in there this this like in two weeks i think but yeah i have all these the dates in the club and being shut down you know it's it's hurting you were about to start back up in there So yeah. like you were about to get steady work with Club Forty Nine. Yeah, yeah. I had just started. I did my first my first weekend, and then this all hit. And then you know now I, I think I missed uh, two two dates now. Is that better for you when you get to work like that, like just steady all the time with Club Forty Nine, or is um, it? Um, or do you enjoy kind of the spont the spontaneous weekends? Well, the thing with me, like right, like uh, my summer, you know, my summer is pretty much booked all the way through. Um, club 49, I, I do on my, my slow times. Um, I don't make as much money when I play club 49. So, I mean, it's not, you know, my priorities are, are like my weddings, um, quinceaneras. Those are, those are like the big money makers, but I do club 49 when I'm on my slow time, like for March and April, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of gig, gigs in those two months. So being in Club 49, like twice a month or once a month really helps, you know. Yeah. So, but like once once May hits, uh, May, June, July, and August, um, I'm pretty much booked all the way through. I might uh, fit Club 49 maybe like once every two months or, you know, but my my biggest, busiest season is uh, May, June, and July. Or it's the, the biggest uh, for weddings and quinceaneras and stuff like that. Yeah. If you had to pick a favorite out of all of them, what would you say your favorite one to do is? Um, favorite would just be the birthday party or the fun wise would be like a like just a party, just a birthday party or uh, money wise, it's weddings. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you talked a little bit about the tobacco prevention program earlier. Yeah. How long have you been there? Um. This year will be in October will be three years. Okay. Yeah. So what's what's that all about? What do you what do you guys um, do? There? So what I do at the tobacco program is I go around to our youth in our community uh, and surrounding communities. I go to Ridoso and Tuarosa and just teach our youth about the harmful effects of commercial tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, let them you know just let them know what it can do to their bodies you know and try to prevent them from trying tobacco. And then I also part of my program is is educating our community members and our youth about traditional tobacco. Okay. But you know our ceremonial tobacco that we use also. Okay. Yeah. And you just volunteer your time for this? No, this is my that's my full time. That's your oh okay yeah. that's, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's okay. uh, I'm the the, the uh, tobacco cessation prevention program coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably um, it's probably fulfilling for you to have that, a job like that. Yeah, you know what that that job was. I just kind of stumbled upon it um, about two and a half years ago. Uh, the previous coordinator, uh, Willie May Smith, she was the previous coordinator, um, contacted me to do some graphic design for them. So I did some design work for them and started working with them doing these graphics. 
and uh, part of one of her grants had some money, so they brought me in uh, to do some several things for them. And once I got done with that that grant, um, they got this bigger grant, and then Willie May had, was moving on to a different different uh, job, so they asked me to come in and take over the program as the coordinator. Mm-hmm. So that's when I stepped in and, you know, and I love it. I love working with kids. I love, you know, teaching them and, you know, it's just, it's, it's an awesome job. Yeah. That's a, I'm, I'm actually kind of just meeting you like really like for the first time today, which probably makes it a better podcast. Cause you know, I can kind of ask you questions like a, like a stranger might, might be wondering and stuff. And um, that, and that's definitely one of me and Chris's like big things is people that do things for the community and so, you know, like, so you're talking about helping the children stay off tobacco and, and the effects it can do for you and why we use it ceremonial. And, and so, so that, that's real awesome. And, you know, I hope that you continue to stay there and help our, help our community grow and, and just, um, just continue to do positive things and stuff. It's, it's very, um, for me, for me, that's probably like one of the best attributes that, that, that I see in you, especially when you're talking about how much you love working with the kids and stuff it's for, for me kids are our number number one um kids i feel like our our youth our children should always be taken care of to to the most you know to 100 percent. and anybody that's there for the for the kids to me is, is a hero you know yeah so appreciate you you mm. know, looking out for them in that kind of way uh, what, um, what i was talking to chris and chris kind of reached out and he was like hey so um joseph blazer said he'd be into doing the the podcast with 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 us you know what do you think and i was like yeah let's, let's do it you know yeah. uh, what what was your what was your interest in jumping on here um basically just you know um doing the interview you know i um i like to share my information with people that don't know me you yeah. know just you know getting the word out there you know um it was just excited you know i was just excited to to just be on your podcast you know just just getting when he brought it up, I was like, what? Someone <laughs> reach out to us. Does he know who we are? Nobody uh. nobody cares for our podcast right now. <laughs> That's cool, man, that, that you reached out. I appreciate uh. that. Um, yeah. You know, you have you have quite a fan base. So, you know, maybe we'll be picking, piggybacking off of your what you got going on right now. I didn't know how successful your your live events were until i got here to your to your house well i mean my live events just started this last week or Mm -hmm. it's been about two weeks now i've been doing it Uh, it was just something that i just you know decided hey you know people are in their homes they're stuck in their house you know let's just do a and i just i was just like it's still live feed you know i'd play some music take some requests and uh it just kind of took off you know people enjoy it you know and and i enjoy you know giving something for them to do, you know, you don't get their minds off all this craziness that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody here made a, made a good point, but um, they were like, you guys are supposed to be spaced out further apart. <laughs> all right. I was like, yeah. It just, in the camera, you can't see there's six feet between. We sanitized. We washed our hands before we, and all this stuff, before we started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very deceiving when you see it in the camera. Six yeah. feet looks like um, two feet. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then we're you six got your, feet apart. You got your sage burning over there too. So yeah. the air is here is pretty clean. <laughs> no, it was it was cool coming down. I was a little excited. Um I took my son out in the woods today and I was telling you that uh we got a flat. So I came I came straight from the from the woods here. And so when I got here and I saw your setup and it kinda hit me like, Oh man, we're going live. 
like this is real. We're gonna go. <laughs> so I got a little, I got a little bit of stage fright at first, but it's it's not so bad. I guess, yeah. yeah. You just, you got everybody watching. I, 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 this last week, you know, going live, you know, I have my camera running and I, I forget about it, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, my little girl's running around and, she, <laughs> and or I'll say something and the mic's still on. I'm like, oh, shoot, you know? And it's just, yeah. Like, you know, what can you do? You know, it's, you, you, know. Forget, you forget to take your underwear down off the line. <laughs> and you, it's still dry. <laughs> so, what nights do you play? Which genres? Like Friday um, night is hip hop? Last, last week I tried genres. Um, uh-huh. I did uh, hip hop Thursday night. Or no, I did country Thursday night, hip hop Friday night, and then like top 40 on Saturday. But I think come you know coming up, I think I'm just gonna keep it uh, just everything you yeah. know. I think it, it, I have more interaction when it's just all the genres you know, together because uh-huh. it, I think it draws more people. Um, my biggest hit though was the Native American night. I yeah, did the other I saw night. that. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that that was a big hit. I had like fifty something viewers at one point, you know, um, and it's growing. You know, every night I have more and more viewers and more people sending me friend requests and wanting to join my my Facebook group and. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to put yourself in, in the spotlight, but I guess you're kind of like you already got one foot in the door. You know, you DJ, you you put yourself in front of a crowd, and um, the one of the touchy touchy situations that you get in here now is you know you're you're entering that social media realm, mm-hmm. and and it seems to be a little bit more. I don't know how much more, but it seems to be a little bit more um, relentless, you know, with, with people with judgment and stuff like that. So yeah. um, kudos to you for, for starting a live event. Um, mm. I don't think I could do this live all the time. Maybe, maybe I'd have to do a few more podcasts yeah. and get, get used to the idea of it. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I, I want to do uh, after doing this, this live, this Facebook live thing is I want to I want to try to get a radio station locally mm-hmm. you know and I, that's one of the things i want to talk to to frizzo about because i know he's pretty passionate about that too definitely um you know it's just it's just the funding i mean it's so expensive to get all the licensing and it's just it's crazy crazy expensive so you know but down the you know down the road you know once we get out of this situation we're in you know with this this virus and stuff you know you know maybe me and frizzo can get together and you know go to the tribe and See if we can get some help, you know, trying to get this radio station. I know I've gotten a lot of a lot of comments on my live feeds this this last couple of weeks. People telling me, you know, you got you you know you should start a radio station and you'd be perfect for a radio station. You know this and that and you know which I would love to do, you know, but it's just having that that backing that funding to get it done. You know, is is the the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. The whole reason for starting this podcast was kind of to kind of to get the get that everybody on board you know get the name out yeah. there that was kind of, that was part of it yeah so um i'm sure it will happen sooner or later the reservation needs one we need a radio station yeah you know? yeah all these the other reservations they have their own radio and it's just it's it's awesome people like it you know and you know if we can get it you know we get a fm station then we can you know put it on online and you know just get all the viewers we can you know and all the, the listeners you know and, yeah. it, and it would be great, you know, because we can get a lot of information out to people in the community. You know, that's yep. the biggest thing. Yep. You know. Yeah, it would be just like that um, that smoke signal scene. <laughs> K-Rez Radio? K-Rez Radio. Yeah. 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 That, that'd be good. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be kind of tough for me, I think, to always maintain that personality. Um, that's what... That's one thing that I, I see a lot in, like, you DJs. Because you know, I'm, I'm a, an outsider here in this crowd. 
you guys have such a a natural personality that goes along with this gig. Um, I don't know if it's because that DJ role just kind of like sank in with you guys and you guys kind of live it now. Um, but for me, I really do enjoy when the podcast is over. Like I don't have to be a part of the podcast anymore and I get to, you know, just end it and we can release this episode whenever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more pressure that comes upon dealing with this. Like I said, you know, you're dealing with the live stuff here. And whenever you're DJing, that's all real time. Yeah. So if you make any, mista- any mistakes there, everyone's going to see you and, and, and judge you for that. Um, with, with the gigs, have you ever just had a, a gig that just didn't go good at all? Did, were, were there any that were just bad for you or you felt like they were bad? Um, yeah, the, actually this, this year I had one, um, how do you recover from something like that? Uh, th- you know, thankfully, you know, the gig was, it was all the way in Lovington. So Lovington's what, three hours away. Yeah. So I drove all the way out to Lovington. My buddy, uh, DJ flow, shout out to DJ flow. Yeah. Shout um, out to DJ flow. he got me a gig Welcome. out there. He, he couldn't, he couldn't do it. So he got a hold of me and it was this ladies having a wedding. So I go out there, and this this whole wedding is nothing but Spanish. I mean, there's Spanish music. They want nothing but Spanish music, you know, a little bit of hip-hop and this and that. So <clears throat> I get out there. I, I'm there, you know, three hours before the, the, the gig, and I get it all set up, you know. So throughout the night, you know, my biggest thing when I do a wedding is I reach out to the client, and I ask them, you know, for a timeline, for a list of music that they want to make sure I have. Um, everything that's going on that night, I need to know because that way I can make the night run smoothly. So when I get out there, I, I'm emailing this girl, texting this girl two weeks, you know, three weeks, two weeks, one week before, I'm getting no response. So the day before I head out there, I finally get a text from her asking, you know, if I'm going to be there, this and that. So, yes, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on my way. I'll be there. So I get there. I get all set up. So when the, the, the dance started, they had all these special dances that they wanted, but I never got any music from them, like any telling me what music to play. Um, so it was just a train wreck, you know. And plus, you don't know Spanish either, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Can you plug your phone in and, and try to adapt? Well, that's the thing. I I can download on the spot and stuff, but the thing is, is it was. I mean, when it was time for those dances, they were coming to me telling me, "Well, ready for this dance and this song." You know, at that moment, mm-hmm. so there's no time to download or nothing, and I don't have the song, so they were getting upset with me. But it was, you know, it wasn't my fault. You know, I felt bad, you know, because their night was. I mean, the dance was a train wreck, but. At the same time, I mean, it, like it wasn't my fault for what had happened. You know, I asked this this girl for all the stuff that I needed on my part to make sure her dance went smoothly, and which I didn't get. So um, I felt bad at the end of the dance, you know. And in fact, she still owed me money, so that's what made it even worse. So she paid me a deposit. I get there. Um, they pay me the rest of what they owe me, and I and I so I I actually then actually I didn't say part of the dance was a train wreck, so I start playing and we're, and then once the special dances were over, then we it was just a party. So I was able to you know just play what I what I had and everybody had a great time after that. So at the end of the night, 
she comes up and asks me if I could play another hour. So I said, you know, sure, no, that's no problem. You know, but, you know, this is my rate. This is what, you know, how much it'll be. And they're like, okay. So one of her uncles came up and paid me. And so I played the hour and then they wanted to go another hour. So I said, okay, you know, so she said, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, this and that. So the night was over with, I, I shut down, I load up, go back to my hotel. And next day, you know, I'm on my way back, back here to Mescalero. And I messaged her and I said, hey, you know, I can take care, take care of the rest of your payment. And I said, you know, he stole me, you know, it was $100 what she owed me. And she said, well, you know, with all the problems last night and this and that, you know, um, I don't, I don't think it should be that much. So, you know, we kind of got into it over the payment. Finally, I was just like, I finally just blew it off and I was like, I took it as a loss, you know, but, um, that was, that was my, my, I think that was my only event that I've ever had that happen, like to where I was just totally, uh, the client wasn't satisfied or, you know, the client was mad, but I've been very, very fortunate, um, that was my only one, you know, yeah. and it just happened this last year. So were you able to collect those songs from that night in case you had to go play another Hispanic wedding again? Um, actually I, I did download those. I did. I was able to download them that night and we were able to do the songs, but it was just, they were having to wait for me to download them. Did so, it come back and help you later on? Those songs that you, uh, saved? no, I've never no. used them again, but I mean, well, I'm a- well, I'm gonna find somebody who, who needs them. <laughs> that was a that was a quinceanera. That was a wedding. Oh, wedding. It was a wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a, a Mexican wedding, and yeah. they they had all the, these traditional dances that they they wanted me to play. There was like four or five of different dances, and but um, like I said, you know, I asked her, you know, three weeks before her wedding, I said, you know, do you have any special songs that you need me to have? And I sent this in a, in a text message. I sent it in an email, and she never responded. Yeah, you know. And I asked her for a timeline of her her evening, what she want, what dances she wanted to do, um, different special events she wanted to do. Send me a timeline. She didn't send me that. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing is like when I meet with a wedding client, I have I have a checklist that I go through, and make sure that I I get what I need from them mm-hmm. to 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 make it. Because it's it's a very important night for for a wedding couple, you know. Definitely. I mean, it's the yeah. one of their biggest memories they're ever gonna have. Yeah. So, um, me just making it very, you know, I, I take it uh, very seriously, and I, it's one of my my biggest things. You know, I got to be organized and be be ready for what whatever they throw at me. You know, so. Yeah. Do you ever like do any just like events for kids, or do you ever just kind of like volunteer all the time. and just <laughs> show up and just play? Um, yeah, I do. Um, like I said, my biggest thing is our youth and our community. Um, I do a lot of stuff with the Boys and Girls Club, um, the Head Start, you know, the school. Do you charge them like a big discount or something when you go? Um, a lot of the stuff I do, um, like. Like for proms and um, events like that, I do give a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that I like for like the Head Start or uh, Boys and Girls Club, but pretty much most of the time I do it for free. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. no, I'm trying to like put you on the spot. <laughs> no. You know, but because like I said, I don't know anything about you. So that, that's yeah. cool that you do those events for free. I really, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Like um, Boys and Girls Club, um, I, I've done a lot of their teen nights. So I, I give them like a really, really big discount. I mean, you know, 
Um, so yeah, it's just, and then like with, like I said, the head start, my, my, one of my baby goes there. So I'm always doing like their Halloween stuff and okay. play music for that and Valentine's and, uh, yeah. and then just li- recently we did a, a fundraiser for the 4-H cause my kids are in 4-H. We did a, uh, Valentine's dance for the 4-H. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope you continue to keep, you know, just volunteering with, with the kids and the youth and stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, it, it gives our kids something to do, um, like with the teen nights and our, our lock-ins and stuff like that. I mean, it it gives our, our teens something to do rather than be out getting in trouble. You yeah. Know? yeah. So I, I really enjoy, you know, helping out in that way. You, you know? talked about that uh, difficult moment in Lovington. Is there, like, what would you say is your happiest, most overcoming story that you've had from a gig? Um, it was probably where everything went smooth and the... It Everything was probably was... probably a wedding I did um, in Alto. Uh, it's probably been about three years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, it was this couple, and they they hired me to do their wedding, and everything went really smooth. Um, it was a beautiful wedding. Um, you know, they had a great time. They were having so much fun. They you know they had me stay an extra. I think it was two hours past. I was supposed to be there from uh, five o'clock when the ceremony was till midnight and i didn't get out there till two o'clock in the morning oh yeah and the the guy the father of the bride uh took care of me really well you know he he gave me a lot of money as a tip and it was it was just a great night i mean everybody had fun they you know i was even out there dancing and you know it was just you know everybody had a good old time and so that's awesome yeah with um you were saying that you were still nervous on that first gig. Have you ever been in any situation that made you as nervous as that first gig? Has there been anything, a big date? Nothing? No. I'm, not, uh, I'm trying to think. Well, that's that's good. You've been tested at least with yeah. the DJ. You never, you never uh, rapped on stage other than the karaoke night? No. No? You never got in? Because you're good I, no. when you did those songs. You're, you sound good. Your cadence and your flow is, is real good. So yeah. I was just curious. How, why, why didn't you never record anything or write any songs? Uh, I just never, I never, I wanted to. Uh-huh. I really did. I really, yeah. I rose into it. Like I said, I'm into hip hop. Yeah. But I just don't have the lyrical presence to do it. Who's I mean, your favorite hip hop? Um... Probably Biggie, Biggie, Biggie or Tupac. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're saying you don't have the the presence. You don't think? Um, just a lyrical part of it. To, to you know, write, to write something. To down write something. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, like when I when I was in school, I was telling my girlfriend. You know, when I was in school, I had a hard time um, reading books. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know what it was, but I I couldn't sit down and, and read a book. I would read it. I could read it. I mean, that wasn't the problem, but I couldn't like absorb the information. Like I didn't, I couldn't remember stuff from the book. Yeah. But if I sit down and watch a video or, um, or even if somebody reads it to me or I listen to it, I, I can comprehend it and, and, uh, remember stuff. But for some reason, when I sit down, that's why I don't read hardly at all. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, I just can't get into it. I can't, when I read a story, I can't picture it in my mind when I'm reading it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying I to see, say. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, it's just words to me. That's all it is, words, yeah. you know. So I don't know if that's part of it, but I just never could uh, rhyme. You know, I never could put a, a rhyme together to make sense or 
Uh-huh. I tried, you know, it was it was pretty goofy, but yeah, I'm not a not a rapper. Yeah, that, I, I was just curious about that because I saw you on karaoke night one night. You went out there and it was like, man, he's a professional. Like he's been doing this for years. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, that's one thing I, I do like to do. I do like to do karaoke, and I yeah. do like like doing it like the old hip hop. Like I've got it memorized, you know. But uh-huh. yeah, I've 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 tried, but I, I've failed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That might be your next step. It might be music. <laughs> if it doesn't, yeah. if it doesn't scare you, you're not trying hard enough, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it doesn't scare and excite you. You're not on the right path. No. <laughs> you talked a little bit about t- tobacco prevention earlier. Mm-hmm. For some of our listeners that don't really understand, can you tell the difference between tell them the difference between um, commercial tobacco and our culture culture tobacco? Yeah. Tradition. So, um, the, like the biggest thing with with commercial tobacco. Is commercial tobacco when they when the big tobacco companies process the tobacco, um, they do they add a lot of additives to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's thousands of chemicals that are in commercial tobacco that they put in the tobacco that makes it very deadly and harmful to your body. Yeah. So that's the main thing, the difference. You know, our traditional tobacco. If we go back in the day before commercial tobacco, there was just you know the pure tobacco leaf. Um, Sage and hachita is what they put in the tobacco. Yeah, you know, and so and the and with the spiritual and the sacred tobacco, it's not used on every day as as uh, to socialize, you know, and, and stuff like that. It's meant for prayer, meant for sacred purposes. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest difference, you know. The tobacco companies are putting all these, you know, chemicals and stuff in this tobacco. And it's just making it very deadly, you know, and it gets the nicotine and other chemicals. The way I like to describe it to people, commercial tobacco uh, companies are like meth dealers or meth cookers. Okay. So methamphetamine, you take all these chemicals and you cook it up and you make this very highly addictive drug. So that's what tobacco companies are doing, but they're doing it legally. They're putting all these. And there's a lot of the chemicals that are in methamphetamines that are actually in tobacco. So it's just they're just doing it legally to get you hooked, to get your money, to to make money off you. And they're targeting our youth and our young kids because they want to get them addicted as soon as possible so they can make that money off them for the rest of their life. You mm-hmm. know, and they're doing it in a way now to where they're um, there's all these different forms of tobacco now. Um, you know, you've got, of course, your your main ones are cigarettes, chewing tobacco. Um, you got snuff. Uh, now, now they're going switching to they have lozenges and gums and stuff that were designed to, to get you off nicotine. But now tobacco companies are using these as an everyday form of tobacco to use. Yeah. Um, now they're moving into vape products. You know, they've got a lot of big tobacco are, are switching over to vape products and targeting these vape products to our youth, you know. And the vape products are just as dangerous and if not more dangerous because their harmful effects are faster and, and and putting our kids in hospital sooner than regular tobacco. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. The uh, the medicinal well for us we use it a lot for for cultural reasons and stuff like that. Um, and I think we have I think we have a few listeners that might not be too up to speed with um, that spiritual site that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, just like off the top of your head, would you be able to elaborate a little bit on that? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, I, like I said, I've been in this position for two and a half years. 
So I'm still learning as well. Um, I've, I've learned a lot from, you know, our medicine men and, and our, some of my mentors uh, that I work with. You know, they've taught me a lot about it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, um, the tobacco, you know, they use it, you know, for for traditional purposes, for um, a lot, a lot of a lot of times, you know, for prayer and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've just been taught, you know, that it's very sacred. It's very, you know, you, you have to respect it. Um, you know, we've been out to harvest the plants. Um, you know, I was I was taught when we go out and harvest these plants that we go, we make an offering to, you know, Mother Earth, that we, we give, give something, you know, because we're taking something, you know. So um, it's just, you know, just being, uh, like I said, I'm still learning as well. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't brought up very traditional, but I am very uh, willing to learn. And I want to, I want to know my, my Apache side and I want to know, you know, my traditions and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm starting to learn more now, you know. That, and that's awesome. I, I, I like, I like to see that, you know, whenever you don't know something, just be just honest about it and stuff. Cause mm -hmm. There's a whole lot that I don't know either. I mentioned in another podcast that um, I was fortunate enough to um, help with a, a feast for um, Rose and Jody. Mm -hmm. and her family and everyone there they were so nice to me with showing me everything because you know for a while I was in the military and I didn't grow up um, always you know helping out at feasts all the time so um, and I just kind of told them like look I don't know what I'm doing it's been I even haven't I haven't even been to a feast in a long time and um, I think with that attitude when you go into it telling people that you know look I don't know everything I've just mm -hmm. been doing this for a couple of years um, people are more receptive to hear you and to yeah. help you and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm definitely someone that can appreciate that type of personality that you have. Because yeah. I, yeah, I don't know everything. I think I think my biggest, uh, one of the biggest reasons I've been really into into uh, my culture and stuff um, is my girlfriend. You know, her family is very very big in you know in tradition. And you know, my girls. I've got three girls now, so I have three girls that I got to get ready to have a feast for so oh, yeah. so yeah well, extra gigs <laughs> you've been saving up so, for, for that um <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start that's for sure um i've got one that's uh four is it four seven and eight so oh. it's a few years away but i'm, then, I'm almost got, right there with you yeah. I'm, I'm knee deep i got um got a little girl she's um three and she's crazy and yeah. i got a little baby she's one so I, i'll be right there maybe i'll help at yours yeah, and yeah. get a little bit more experience <laughs> so mine are big too yeah what are you thinking of having it at i have no idea yet okay. yeah just we'll see when it comes <laughs> and what, what was your girlfriend's name Lee? uh libby 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 yeah comanche Okay. Yeah, her dad's Arden, so he's oh, okay. one of the local medicine men, and then oh, her sister, okay. her sister Ardina, also. So, where do your kids go to school in Mescalero? Yeah, yeah, they all, uh, three of them go at the the school, and then I have one in Head Start. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were talking about um, with with Gabe Aguilar in the first podcast yeah. or second podcast we did, and you know we were talking about how fortunate uh, the reservation is now to have the school that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids are going to be set up; and they're going to have a lot of nice equipment, really nice school. And I feel like the school's kind of just getting better and better academically as the years go on. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm very supportive in children that go to the Mescalero Apache schools. And it's awesome, you know. Yeah. What, um, what are your, you know, what, 
with your children that they're going to grow up traditionally and stuff like that um do they always part do they always participate in stuff go with their family to all the feasts do, do they kind of know are they growing up traditional too yeah yeah, yeah. We, we take them to a lot of feasts um, and they participate you know um, you know, when, when there is a blessing feast, they go in and get blessed or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they participate with, you know, but, uh, I think the biggest thing is when we say feast is they say candy, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're like, they're there for the, for the candy, but they, they, they do participate and they're learning, you know, they, they all have dresses and they all, you know, uh, one of the big things that our family does is, uh, that we go around and do a lot of war dancing. Oh, okay. so our our kids, you know, uh, our our kids. Uh, well, there's just all their cousins, and there's probably about fifteen, twenty of them that they all get together and dance. So they do a lot of war dancing and stuff like that. Didn't so, y'all do some awesome. kind of event in Alamo? On, uh, one, one yeah, we did. We did. Uh, they went down and danced uh, one night for the Alamo. They have like a downtown nights thing going on in the summer. Yeah, and they went down and danced down there for that. Um, they go down to what's called uh, Waco Tanks by El Paso. Uh-huh. It's a park out there, a national park, and they dance out there. They have a, a day, some kind of days that go on, and uh, they go out there and dance every year. Um, and then they've been up to, they go dance um, Fort Sumner, uh, Fort Stanton, um, a, lot of, a lot of places where they do like the, the old old West days and stuff like that. Yeah. And Lincoln and stuff like that. So That's awesome. Yeah. The um, so as a as a dad who's a DJ, his whole life revolves around music. Um, do you have any musical connections with your with your kids? Because like for me and my daughters, you know we have our songs. Yeah. You know? Do you, Do you guys have your songs? That's important for every dad. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my son, my son Eli, he's he's our he he he's our our he likes uh, rock and roll. So. Um, his favorite song is ACDC TNT. So every time I put that song on, he gets out there and he headbangs and, you know, he, he likes, he likes that, you know, my girls, you know, they, they love all, all they can dance to it. They like it. So yeah. they like to dance, like to get out there and dance around and, and stuff. So yeah. I don't know if you can relate, but to um, any, any dads out there or people thinking about having kids, one of the best feelings in the world is when you got when your good tunes playing, one of your songs, and your kids are filling it right there with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's for like, sure. That's one of the best parts about being a dad. You know, your kids hanging out with you and your truck jamming. So, yeah. you know, as a as a DJ man, I was I was wondering if you had that going with you guys. <laughs> uh, my daughter has a few songs, but um, she's hooked on a couple of random ones. I uh, want some country songs, and she'll she ask for her song and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Right now, um, even when we're inside, she's constantly singing Frozen. So, <laughs> you ever play any Frozen songs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could probably sing a song. Baby Shark. Yeah. Oh, Baby Shark. They have the, the whole hour. You can play an entire hour of Baby Shark. Oh, oh my, my gosh. She's brainwashing you. That gets stuck in your head all night. Yeah. <laughs> talk, about, talk about quarantine music. Right. <laughs> my, my baby wants to hear Baby Shark for an hour and just slam my head against a wall yeah so, speaking of quarantine uh what's your whole take on this coronavirus thing what's your opinion on it what's going on man you know it's it's scary man I, I, when it first started you know it was like well you know it's it's like the flu blah blah, blah. And, then, and then it got more serious you know people started dying and you know people are saying you know well people more people die from the flu than from the coronavirus well which is true but this this I mean, this it's spreading so rapidly, and so it, it it's just scary, man. I mean, 
you know, now, you know, it's it's everywhere. It's all over the world, you yeah. know. It, it's just, you know, unless they get a handle on it and get a vaccine or whatever they need to do, you know, it's just, it, it could get, it could be devastating, you know. Yeah. And it's, um, my, my take on it is, you know, I'm following the guidelines. I'm going by what the CDC says and what, you know, I'm not going by what our president says, but I'm going by <laughs> what, you know, like the CDC and, and uh, our, the people that know what they're talking about, what they're they're telling us, you know, yeah. you know, telling us, you know, stay home and not to be out and about. And, you know, I'm following that, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just that I'll do our part, you know, yep. it's the biggest thing. Would you um, say your faith is being tested right now through all this? No, uh-huh. um, no. I, I Like I said, I believe in God and, uh-huh. you know, I, I have a strong faith and, you know, I, I, I pray to, you know, like with me, I always... I was I always felt like I don't have to go to church to talk to God, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a connection with God personally and that's that's the way I feel and you know, I I I talk to him, you know, pretty much every day and you know, and I'm sure he hears my prayers and you know, I just you just got to stay strong and you know and uh you know, just believe. That's yep. the biggest thing, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Whenever it started out, Chris was trying to give me a uh, give me believing in it was part part conspiracy at first. The very first time we talked about it, and I still believe it's part. You know, I'm, people say I'm a conspiracy theorist, whatever you want to call it. But I got some some out there beliefs. So. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> I like I like the the next time we talked about it, you were like, oh, I'm gonna take a little bit. Of I that took back. half of it back. Because <laughs> I didn't think it it was as bad, but then I was like, wow, yeah. the, you know, the, this it is the whole world that's going through it, you know. Yeah, and it and you know people like to throw around a lot of different. Um, different ideas to i don't know if it's to de uh, legitimize if that's a word but they talking about like you know like you were saying the flu now it kills more people or um maybe drinking or whatever you know there there, there are other issues in the world that, that are taking uh, more lives than this but there's a lot of different factors that are involved with this um this pandemic that's starting to get people a little bit more on edge right now for one it's new it's a new thing and anytime you know new viruses or new pandemics happen there's going to be a lot more reaction to it you know there's a lot of these other battles that we've been fighting for years that people are talking about um our minds are already wrapped around that idea you know yeah people are dying from the flu but um it's not it's not a new idea it's it's not a new obstacle that we got to um, dance through life, you know, try to get around. Um, so if you, you you could probably talk about it a little bit more, we could get a little bit deeper, but uh, I don't want to take away from like what, what we have going on right now, which is a yeah. uh, bunch, bunch of uh, musical people sitting around. Like <laughs> but I think that's what it is. I think there's just a whole, it's, it's got different factors attached to it. Yeah, It's new to us. Um, and, we're 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 reacting to it as best as we can, you know. Uh, it's not like if you have the flu, you know, you don't have to wear a mask to go to Walmart. We're not fighting over toilet paper. We're not. Yeah. You know, there's just some different factors involved. But. Yeah. Well, I think the scariest thing about this is how contagious it is. You know, I mean, the flu. Yeah, you can pick it up, but this. I mean, it's like. One person gets it, and then everybody that they get in contact with is getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
it's not like oh one out of ten are getting it it's like ten out of ten are getting it if you had contact with them you know what i mean yeah so that's what's scary about it is how contagious it is yeah and how sneaky it is too. yeah <laughs> two weeks go by you don't have yeah. any symptoms and then you found out you have it and you don't know who you know who you passed it on to exactly yeah, yeah. So. I'm just real thankful it hasn't hit here in Mescalero, you know. So yeah, and just let's just keep to everybody out there in Mescalero. Let's keep practicing our hygiene and social distancing, and keep keep being thankful yeah. and thanking the Creator that hasn't reached here. And if we think about it, as Apache people, this is our most easiest battle we've ever had to fight as a people. We yeah. all we gotta do is stay home, and, you know. All we gotta do is stay home and sit there, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. So yeah. just keep I, saw, keep. I saw the signs that are on the road between the highway and the resort. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, uh, you know, tribal members only, uh, routes closed to non-tribal. But uh, right behind me, I saw two uh, two non-tribals on, on motorcycles blow past the side. So if anyone listening has any uh, power over how big the signs are, yeah. I don't think anyone sees the sign that's that's posted right there. Yeah. But I, I think that we live in a unique environment as well because, you know, here in the reservation, we're able to um, tell people, hey, you know, you can't pass through here and stuff. Um, people that you know, live in big cities and stuff where it's really taking a toll, you don't have that option. <clears throat> you're just you're just hoping that you don't get exposed to it. And it's, it's a little bit harder to go about life, you know. Um, I think, I you know, I wish we had, we had a, if anyone out there listening wants to apply for a laptop, um, internet lookup guy, we kind of need that person or girl. <laughs> we need someone to look up facts for us because um, in bigger cities, I think New York, Chicago, those areas, they're dealing with it way worse. Yeah. They're, they're stacked right on top of you know, the top of each other. They live in um, that, the public housing systems and stuff. So we're very fortunate to um, live on live in a reservation and be spread out the way we are in, in these mountains. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then you got you know, people making calls saying, you know, you can't do this. Here's a curfew and stuff. And so I think that's that's pretty cool. We can control. We can manage a small, smaller group of people and stuff. Yeah. But hopefully it passes soon. Right. Yeah. I think it will. But. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, if we all do our part, it will. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, you know. So, uh, how long have we been going on this for? Uh, we've been we, we're a little bit over the hour. I think so. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say, say to Joseph, to your fans or anybody out there? Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, just uh, you know, just tune in. You know, I'll be on tonight. I'll be on at nine o'clock. Um, or what time is it? Ten minutes, huh? <laughs> cool. So it might be a little bit later, nine o'clock, because I got to get all my stuff set back up. But yeah, I'll be on taking requests. Um, it's not a special genre tonight. It's just anything. No, just anything. Yeah, cool. whatever, whatever you guys want to hear. Just you know, log in, tune in. Uh, I'll be playing some music. Um, then I'll be back on tomorrow night. Um, you know, same thing. Just uh, nine o'clock, uh, playing everything. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, you know. Um, really can't. I mean, I promote my DJ business, but I'm not really <laughs> doing anything yeah, right now. There's no ga- social <laughs> gatherings right now. Yep, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody needs any, you know, graphic design or um, stuff like that, you know, you can hit me up on Facebook or on my uh, social media and just let me know. Awesome. Do you have any anything else? For him? No, I just want to say thanks again for yeah. um, all the all the time you give to the youth, especially with tobacco and volunteering with your music and stuff like that. So just thanks again for 
bring yourself out there like that. I got one more last thing, and this is a new game I want to try with all of our. Well, it's not really a game, but it's it's a thing I want to try with all of our guests. But it's called Ten Fun Questions of the Res. So, <laughs> so let's get started. And then these questions, uh-huh. um, just answer them as fast as you can, whatever comes to your mind. And then the last questions are going to be filling in the blank. Okay. So so all right. Let's so the, so these ones are just questions. Yeah, just questions. Okay. Whatever comes to your mind first. So let's right. get started. Let's do this. All right. First off, East LA or Old Road? Old Road. Windows or Broken Arrow? Broken Arrow. Hunting or fishing? Fishing. Tribal store or Casino Apache? Travel center, convenience store. Travel store. Travel store. All right. Stuffed fry bread or fry bread with a bowl of chili? Ooh, damn, that's a tough one. Fry bread with a bowl of chili. Uh, um, my favorite thing, fill in the blank. My favorite thing about Mescalero is? My favorite thing about Mescalero is the people. Um, I am most thankful for? I am most thankful for my family. Favorite holiday? Halloween. Okay. I am blank and I love. I am blank and I love. I am am Joseph Blazer and I love. I am Joseph Blazer and I love music. Awesome. All right. That's 10 fun questions of a res, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for having being on the show, Joseph. We appreciate you being on Riding on the Wall podcast. Also, thank you to everybody watching us live right now. We appreciate you guys. And, um, we got up to like I think about forty people at one point. Awesome! Nice. Oh, I, I just now looked down at these comments and uh, shout out to everyone that let me look. Oh, Richard Peterson, and he said I come to see you, brother. Come <laughs> to see you too. And uh, my wife said Aurora's watching Baby Shark as you guys talk. <laughs> so yeah, that was that yeah. was real. I'm not lying about that. Yeah, big shout out to everybody that's uh, that's tuned in live. You know, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'll, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's okay with these guys. I'll post it on yeah. my Facebook and you guys, everybody can watch it, you know, and then I'll also, uh, I'll put a link to, um, to their podcast on the, the video as well. So once they get it edited and, and posted up, you know, we'll, you'll be able to go straight to it and listen on the, on their podcast also. Cool. And, uh, Paco Big Mouse said, hello, Brian Shindo and Christopher Sale. Hey, Pat. We gotta get them on the That's show, it. and everybody, anybody that wants to be on the show, um, or the podcast, just hit us up. You know how to get in contact with us. But once again, thank you, Joseph, for being on the show. We appreciate yeah. being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was it was awesome. All right, once again, riding on the wall podcast. Miss Calero, as you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. Give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.